Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium. With your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn, and we're here to pump up your parenting skills, pump up your knowledge, and pump up your energy. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. Parent Pump Radio is brought to you by Integrative Minds. Become the leader you always want to be. Learn the skills and foundation to create a harmonious family. Leave a multi-generational legacy in wealth, health, and happiness for your family and loved ones. Go to integrativesminds.com and request your complimentary consultation. Our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher and syndicated on missionsradio.org and liveleadplay.com. Subscribe to our RSS feed so you will be automatically notified of new shows. So there's a new research out, and I believe that everyone should know and understand it. Our guests today were the presenter at an event I was at, and I'm hoping, like me, you will be shocked inspired and really committed to take action to make that change for yourself and your family with a new knowledge and expansion of awareness after listening to them. So I have two expert guests. The first, she began her journey in 2005 into the field of helping professionals as a volunteer for free arts for abused children. She now specializes in addiction and recovery work, complex trauma and anxiety. She's a licensed marital and family therapist and registered art therapist. Her overall approach is grounded in humanistic philosophy. I'd like to welcome back Anna Perkle. Thank you for being here today, Anna. How are you? Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Thank you for inviting this discussion about trauma and building resilience. It's, it's really an important one because it affects so many of us. Yeah, and this study and the result of it, I think, is just profound, and I just want to get this result and this message out to as many people as possible, so I'm so glad that you're here as an expert to tell us more about it. Glad to be here. Our next expert guest has been on our Teen to Parent Talk segment, as well as joining me here as our guest co-host numerous times. He's heading into his junior year at the University of Pennsylvania. He previously attended Maricosa High School and is from Manhattan Beach, California. He is currently studying cognitive science and is very interested in pursuing a potential career in clinical psychology, experimental psychology, or mental health policy. And he's currently involved in multiple mental wellness organizations at Penn. So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Brian Chow. It's it's great to be here. Thank you for having me back. Oh, we're always happy for you to be back. So let's talk about what's going on. Anna, I'd like to start with you. So what is an adverse childhood experience? Because that's what this study is about. We could define adverse childhood experiences in many different ways. But for the purpose of what we're discussing right now, it would be an exposure to trauma before the age of 18, such as divorce, domestic violence, sexual abuse, emotional or physical abuses, neglect, mental health issues, or things as basic as not feeling loved or connected to your family. So now you're saying emotional, mental, so this all encompasses like verbal then too, right? Absolutely. You know, this, uh, one of the questions has to do with being insulted, put down, humiliated, absolutely could just, and there's no just in that, but I think for a lot of people, you know, think there is, 
it could be verbal only. Oh, wow. Okay. And I heard neglect and probably has to do with isolation than something that Brian had talked about in a previous show. Yeah. I mean, if you don't feel supported by your family or, or connected to people, to friends and family, that's definitely traumatic as well. What is this ACE study? This ACE study is just really amazing. I come from a prior career of research in the consumer packaged goods industry. And I have to tell you that if we did a study, we were happy to have 144 respondents. You know, if we did a really big study, we might have 400 respondents. This study was done on over 17,000 patients. Wow. So it's, it's really undeniable. This is, not, this is not something that we get to question too much. And one of the outcomes of this study was that 67%, so almost 70% of the people walking around have had at least one adverse childhood experience. That is massive. It's huge. It's so huge. And one in eight folks have had four or more of these ACEs. So, you know, like I said, this is affecting so many of us. I would go on to challenge that it might even be more than that because this study is based on these 10 questions. And there are certain things that aren't even mentioned in those questions. Like we've talked a lot about bullying more recently, and it's not a question. So, you know, if we had expanded to even more traumas, the number might be even bigger. It just, it affects all of us. How did it evolve into this enormous study? Kaiser had been working with a morbidly obese population to help them lose weight so that they could decrease, you know, diabetes and, and other health related complications from that weight. And they were very successful. They got the people through changes in behavior and diet and exercise and other things to lose the weight. And they were feeling better and you know, decreases in diabetes and all kinds of things like that. But then they would return and they would gain all of the weight. And so Kaiser went, oh, what's going on here? You know, These people were feeling better. Why, why would they go back to these prior behaviors? And so they did a much more extensive assessment of these folks. And what they found was that almost every single one of them had a long history of sexual abuse. And from there, they realized, wow, you know, until we work on these mental health issues, it doesn't matter, you know, how many tools we give them on, you know, how to diet and exercise because there's something else going on here. And from there, they got curious, well, wait a minute, you know, we only studied this little population of people struggling with this illness, whether it be like diabetes, let's send this out to our entire patient population and see how many people are affected by this. That's how it all began. And I'm really glad it did. Why should we care about it? How does it affect us? You know, mental health clinicians have, I think, known this forever that we cannot separate the mind and emotions and body. It all lives in the same unit. And when you don't take care of your mental health, it is going to become a physical problem. And, you know, this study has, has shown massive decreases in lifespan, massive increases in cancers sooner, more dramatic, um, heart disease, um, you name it, as a result of having experienced these adverse childhood experiences. So, you know, if we want to get well physically, we have to get well mentally. You talked about the physical ailments like the heart disease and all those things, but I'm also thinking these people are now parents and they're walking around with all of these things in their mind. And what are they doing transferring this to their children too if they're not 100%? That's kind of scary. 
Um, it's very scary. And we do a lot of things completely unconscious. You know, we, we all tend to have a record in our head of, you know, how we grew up. And as much as we don't want to, you know, when we're tired, we can repeat some of the things that hurt us when we were children to our children. So most definitely. And I'll, you know, I'll talk more about that in a few minutes in relation okay. to my birthdays as well. Okay. Where can we learn more about this? So, you know, you can simply Google adverse childhood experiences study, and you will find all kinds of wonderful talks and information. One of my favorites is a TED talk by Dr. Nadine Burke Harris. She just does a really good job of talking about how she became aware of the study and how it became important in her treatment of patients. One of the quotes that I love that she shares is from Dr. Robert Block, who is the former president of American Academy of Pediatrics. And he said that adverse childhood experiences are the single greatest unaddressed public health threat facing our nation today. So, you know, Dan, just emphasizing the importance of what we're talking about here. And then I urge everybody to get more information, to, to take the A study test themselves. Go ahead, take the 10 questions. And if you're answering yes to anything, then, you know, get out there and, and, and get together with some other people and heal that. And where do they take the study? Is it is that the website, Adverse Childhood Study then? Oh, yeah. If you click Adverse Childhood Experiences test, you will come up with the 10 questions that are in that test, and you can simply answer them. We're going to have the TED Talk, and we'll find the web link for this test so that we'll have it in the show notes for our listeners to just click on. So why aren't we talking about this more? Why aren't we working on it more? So you had mentioned that it is a new study, and, and actually it started in 1997, <laughs> and it, it, it wow. continues, yeah, continues to this day, but to a lot of people, it is new, and Nadine, Dr. Nadine Burke-Harris talks about that as well, that, you know, when she found that, she's like, why isn't anybody, everybody talking about this? This is, this is a massive study. There were over 17,000 patients with, with really important information, and, you know, the fact of the matter is there is a real live stigma around mental health illness. And we are afraid as a nation to talk about it. Our common solution is to pretend it didn't happen, to ignore it and not talk about it. So much so that, you know, old organizations like Alcoholics Anonymous that have been around forever have sayings that say, we are only as sick as our secrets. Yeah. Until we process it, it is like a rock, like a cancer that we're carrying around with us. I can name at least two dozen people that have had adverse childhood experiences that don't talk about it. I, you know, I have, I have trouble finding a friend who hasn't. Yeah. I would say at least three or four, forget the one, at least four to half a dozen. Who can lead the way for this? I'm really grateful for the numerous celebrities that have actually come out and talked about their struggles with mental illness yeah. for themselves and their families. You know, thank you to them. Yeah. And, you know, I would throw out the challenge to the mental health field out there that we could take the lead in this. And, you know, I, I know they would argue with me, you know, we, we have a lot of talk around disclosure, self-disclosure, and what does that mean? And what does it mean to our clients? You know, and I respect that, but I also think that we can carefully choose the one that makes sense and, and share that piece of ourselves. Because if we can do it, then they can do it. And, you know, I spoke about one of my childhood traumas at this community event in Hermosa Beach. I use the metaphor of rocks for my traumas. And I, you know, I show the listeners this large bucket of rocks that I collected over my 45 years on this planet. And 
I took out one that I chose to represent my birthdays as a kid and talked a little bit about what that was like. And, you know, my goal being, I wanted to make it safe for others to talk about their traumas by sharing one of mine. And we're all carrying those rocks around. We really are. I, I, like I said, I don't know too many people that don't have at least one. But I think the hope here is that we can overcome it, right? It's not just because we suffered the adverse childhood experiences doesn't mean that there's no way out. We can not only overcome it, and you know, I'll speak more about this in a minute, but I believe we can actually transform it into a treasure. We can make it something special. We can make it a strength in our family, whatever it was that we had to go through. Yeah, and I'll talk more in a minute. About- yeah, yeah. So tell us more about that. Any community events or some ACE? inspired community events. I know you created an amazing art exhibit when I saw you. I wanted to create an interactive art exhibit with the community to empower them, the awareness of this study, but also awareness of their own adverse childhood experiences and also sharing how to build resilience in overcoming them. And, you know, I I like to think of resilience as, as a long distance course, you know, it's not a sprint. It really is the mother of all marathons. And we build resilience by healing the trauma of these adverse experiences, not by ignoring it, not by trying to avoid it. We have to lift that weight of being courageous and looking at the stuff we have been through to build resilience and mental and emotional muscle. You know, it's hard work and it's going to be even harder to run that marathon I mentioned while carrying around a bunch of rocks. So let's unload them. At this event, I asked people to acknowledge their trauma by making a mark for each ACE, which they had experienced on a large public art display. So step one was really just to, you know, acknowledge and gain awareness of, wow, you know, I've been through this or I didn't feel connected to my family or yeah, you know what? My parents did assault each other. Step two is understanding the impact of that. So you own your story or it's going to own you. You know, once we've identified this trauma, we we need to examine how it affects us. You know, I'll give myself as an example. I pulled out one of the rocks out of my bucket and explained that I was extremely unaware of just how stressed and tense I was at my own birthday parties for many years. And lucky for me, I had some insightful friends who noticed it and said, hey, Anna, I don't think you're having a good time. <laughs> As I you know, was clearly really upset about you know, having a party or receiving any gifts, but totally unaware. So I discovered this. And of course, I wanted to find a way to resolve it. I don't want to carry this around with me. So I got support in in examining this and how it affects me as an adult now. And as I explored this, I have to admit, I was really surprised to remember just how devastating birthdays were for me as a kid. They could actually be dangerous times in which I could have checked off several aces. And so again, back to your earlier point, you know, if I don't resolve this, you know, even if I don't care about my own birthdays, so what, yeah, you know, how yeah. many adults do you know that don't want to celebrate their birthday, like another year, I don't want to count it, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I can go and sour other people's birthdays simply by being there and being so upset and being such a negative energy. Even if I don't open my mouth, you know, people could see it in my shoulders, you know, I'm tense. And so, you know, I can, I could throw a party for my daughter, but being tense and upset or grouchy um, is, is not going to be nice for her. So, you know, I, I do need to resolve it so I don't pass it on at a minimum. And, you know, I, I feel like a greater solution that is not a solution in the South Bay in particular is, oh, well, I'm just going to have a glass of wine to relax. Yes. 
know, I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't want to think about this. I just want that's that's just numbing yourself out. What we really need to do is address it head on. And so, you know, while you're busy wasting yourself, you're you're probably collecting a few more rocks. <laughs> you know, you're saying things you don't mean. You're not paying attention. You're not really present and enjoying what you're supposed to be enjoying. So, you know, that's not a solution either. Step three, you know, and step one was make your mark, you know, be aware. Step two is understand how it affects you. Step three is be in charge of it now. I need you to reauthor this story, to transform it, be a master of it, which will help you shift the image from victim to warrior. You get these tools to retrain your brain. And there's a lot of amazing resources and people out there to assist in this healing journey. You're not alone. It's amazing if you look at the artwork that this community created, there's just thousands of marks, okay? So you can share your story and your story is important and we can support each other in sharing our stories. So I, I had to become aware of this birthday problem and then I had to choose different thoughts and behaviors. I had to relearn that gifts were awesome and that I got to keep them and play with them and have fun with them. I had to relearn that parties could be safe and fun and that you know no big monster was gonna come out of anywhere or do anything. So it, it was a process, it didn't happen overnight and I had to pay really good attention and get a lot of support to go through that. Now, I mentioned before that, you know, there can actually be a gift in this trauma. You know, we can actually transform this pain into a treasure. And I have to tell you that a lot of my friends have told me I throw the best darn parties they have ever <laughs> been to. And, you know, I, I mean, thank you for that compliment. But I just know that for me, they are a time of awesome celebration of me and my tribe. And uh, somebody pointed it out to me that we have even taken it a step further because you know, my daughter's birthday parties in particular are fundraisers that are, you know, goal is to, in, <laughs> instead of receiving gifts, she asks for funds towards some cause that she cares about. And so at her party, she's not only having fun, enjoying herself, celebrating herself, eating her cake, she is also trying to make the world a better place and less trauma and, and trauma free. So um, really try to... And so you're probably a lot more fun to be around at a party now. Oh, gosh, I hope so. You know, I, I, and, you know, I'm not perfect, okay? You know, I'm sure yeah. there's moments where, you know, and I can give you an example of that. A New Year's Eve party I threw, I think it might have been closer to midnight, and there were several children in my house, and the doorbell rang. I didn't hear it, and one of the children went to the front door and answered it. And then all of the children piled out onto the front porch and were hanging out with some man that nobody knew who was very tall, <laughs> a big guy. And I got really upset very quickly and I lost my temper and I yelled because I was scared. You know, I was scared that they would open the door. I was scared that they were all on the front porch with this adult they didn't know. And it came out of me again. And that was a new experience that I had to go through and understand and heal. You know, it's, it's not like me to yell at other people's children, <laughs> um, but I did. And, you know, I said, I was sorry. I shouldn't have raised my voice and I had to work through that. So, you know, it comes out and we make mistakes and we're human and we just need to kind of walk through the process and, you know, heal as we go along. So, I, you know, I want to leave everybody with these two comments, and that is to make your mark, 
to own your story or it will own you and master your story to transform it to one of resilience. Absolutely. You know, there are people, like you said, AA talks about it. There are so many people that experience divorce and alcoholism in their family and isolation, all three of those major issues. And they don't acknowledge what happened in their life. And they probably go around, just like you talked about, really uncomfortable, really irritable, and they don't realize, they probably point their finger that's everybody else. I know people like this specifically, and they don't see it in themselves. So I'm challenging and I'm encouraging all those parents out there, if you go and take this test, see how you are a product of what may happen or how your relationship with your children are. If you don't have a good relationship with your children, it may start with you. Instead of saying it's them, their teenage years, I think it's so easy for parents to make excuses, their teenage years or their hormones, whatever it is. But it's time for us to own our mark, like Anna was saying, and start changing ourselves because that's the only way that we're able to change our family and from our families can go to our community and to our world for you to start owning your mark and making that change. Any last word, Anna? You know, it takes courage. And, you know, I think also as we're encouraging people to do this, we have to understand that it's scary for them to make that mark. Okay, So we have to love them through that. And and when they ask for forgiveness, try our best to give it. And like you said, it's hard to admit your mistakes. It really is. I think it's hard to admit it and to say I'm sorry and really, really own to that sorry. If we can start today with this study, and Brian's going to come up, he's going to talk about his story and what he knows and more about the ACE, so please stay tuned. I know you have to go, so thank you for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Jacqueline. So, Brian, when I heard you speak, it was so inspiring. So that's why I want you to come and tell more people about your story. All right. Thank you, Jacqueline. Yeah, so... The way I actually found out about the study was a little bit over a year ago. Um, I was taking a public health and humanitarianism class for school. And one of the texts that I was reading briefly mentioned this study. And at the time, I didn't really think much of it. But when Anna reached out to me a few months ago, just letting me know about this study and its implications and that it was involved in kind of some of this interest that she was working on, I was really curious again, and I revisited it. And like Anna said, I was astounded by the results of the study. And I also... Um, was able to watch the TED talk that she mentioned and just all the content in there. It's just so surprising. And I was really just in awe that I hadn't really known about this beforehand. And the way it kind of works is um, adverse childhood experiences, like Anna was saying, contribute towards adverse health behaviors. And those adverse health behaviors eventually lead to illness or death. And the way it kind of works, it's actually really interesting. So you actually first have your adverse childhood experiences And then from there, you're a young kid, you internalize those experiences and that can affect the way that your brain develops. And the way this kind of works, I know that that there's research going on about this still, the research in neuroscience is still continuing. But when we have these experiences, the rational decision-making part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, isn't entirely developed and it doesn't finish developing until we're 25. And when we internalize all these experiences, we have an emotional response a lot of the times. And that emotional response can really influence how we think about and process our own emotions and what's going on. And adverse childhood experiences affect us. It can really affect how our own brain develops. It can create certain modes of thinking that we may not be conscious about. 
And then from there, it can lead to social, emotional, and cognitive impairments. It can lead us to think about a situation differently than how it's actually going. Like, for example, if my mom is getting mad at me when I'm younger for not cleaning my room, I may think that that is because I am a lazy person. I am not responsible. And in reality, it just might be because she might have had a long day at work. She might have come home. She might have just seen my messy room. That was the first thing that she wanted to point out. But I wasn't aware of that at the time. And as a result, I have a different way of thinking about that that may not entirely be true. As a result of that impairment in thinking, that can lead us to develop certain coping mechanisms and ways to deal with that internal pain that we experience. And then from there, that can lead to a host of disabilities, diseases, social problems. And then from there, it can lead to death. And I know that sounds really depressing, but it's kind of the way that we have been able to internalize a lot of this. And kind of like what Anna was saying, there's a lot of different categories that characterize themselves as ACEs. And what they are is they range from emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, domestic violence, substance abuse, mental illness, uh, parental separation or divorce, having a family member in prison, emotional neglect or physical neglect. So there's a lot of different factors that can be characterized as an ACE. Yeah, I think this is why it's so important for us to know this as what's happening to our children, because it really starts, like you said, when they are children, and then they get to adults, and then it affects. So this is probably when when they get to high school, you start drinking, doing drugs, and then the addiction starts, because I could see that's why you numb all those pain. Mm-hmm. And all the messages that, as a child, you're saying to yourself that somehow you're not good enough, you're lazy, like you were saying. So what else do you have? You're exactly right. For a lot of people, and kind of like what Anna was mentioned earlier, when we have these adverse childhood experiences, we're not entirely aware of what's going on behind them. And as we grow up, when certain things might happen, for example, a birthday, something that might trigger that innate emotional response that we have, it's uncomfortable to really look back at that trauma that we experience when we are younger. And it's really uncomfortable to really say, hey, this is something that's really affecting me right now. And I am reacting in a way that I would not normally react if this were something else that were, there was something else that was going on. And it really takes a lot of courage to go back and just face that. Thankfully, I didn't get into any of those habits in high school. But in my case, mental illness was something that really affected me. And just looking back at my life, it wasn't really something that started off as anything major. I mean, it just started off with my parents having fights every now and then. And then as that continued to happen throughout the years, it just created a greater and greater tendency for me to internalize a lot of that. And I wasn't aware of that until high school at the very least. And just understanding how that was able to shape my life over a period of time. Like, it's just really surprising. And it's just, I just know that I have my work cut out for me to really come to grips with that over the next several years. And who knows? I mean, I still have to see how the journey is going to unfold. When we talk about adverse childhood experiences, it's not something that just people in underprivileged neighborhoods experience. I mean, 70% of the people who were actually interviewed in the original ACE study by Kaiser were at least college educated. And from there, about 40% of the participants had a postgraduate degree. Wow. So this is something that affects all of all us. Of and a majority of the people who responded to the survey were at least middle class. It was primarily Caucasians as well. So yeah. we're talking about affluent communities. And it's something that affects all of us. It's not something that just the underprivileged um, community experiences. And what the TED Talk actually mentions is that 
when we think about ACEs, we kind of have a tendency to think, oh, that's not really something that affects me. That's something that affects all the other people, the people who have a lot more problems, quote unquote, that I do. But it's hard to really take a look at ourselves because like Anna was saying, it's something that really makes us uncomfortable when we think about it. And when we look at our own adverse childhood experiences, it can trigger a host of emotions and that can be really hard to go through. And it takes a lot of courage to really get up and face those head on. So it's a difficult task to undertake. Yeah, we live in a world where the majority of the people live in anger and frustration. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Is the research that I've read. And when you live in that place, it's all about, we call it the boxing glove syndrome, which means I win and you lose no matter what. The only way I can win is if you lose. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about blaming the other person to justify what you do and arguing until you get your point, until they're defeated. Mm-hmm. And I can see all this is coming from that place of adverse experience mm-hmm. of, of learning that it's survival. It's just yeah, about survival. Yeah. And it actually, there's a lot of interesting research that's been being done in evolution, evolutionary psychology, because a lot of this comes from the fact that we have our own fight or flight response in response to a lot of stressors in our environment. And back then, back in the day when we are hunter-gatherers, when we are trying to fend for ourselves, it might have made sense if we encountered a predator in the wilderness or something like that. Our our fight or flight response activates itself and we have the tools to either fend off the danger or run away from that. And that's great. That helps us survive in those situations. But when we look at that now, what are the stressors in our everyday lives? It's things that are a lot harder to control. It's like, I don't know, maybe paying your bills. It's being able to get to work and being able to continue to do that. It might be mental illness, something that may not be easy to really undertake by yourself. These are all problems that are a lot more chronic and a lot harder to deal with. And when these stressors are constantly in our face, it's a lot harder to deal with them because our stress response, our fight or flight response is always going to be active. So the neuroscience behind this is there's something called the HPA axis. And what that is, is kind of our internal mechanism that triggers our flight or flight response. And what happens is the hypothalamus sends a message to our pituitary gland. And from there, our pituitary gland sends a message to our adrenal glands. And that basically tells us you need to produce a lot of stress hormones that will increase your blood pressure, cause your pupils to dilate, really just brace yourself for whatever danger you're encountering. But when the danger we're encountering is chronic and it's hard to deal with, that stress response is constantly active and it really wears our bodies out and it really causes us to just get tired. It really causes us to push ourselves to our limits and that can be really unhealthy and that can really contribute towards a lot of the health problems that we face today, like cancer, high blood pressure, a lot of those other issues. Obesity. Yeah, exactly. And that's not even mentioning when you're stressed like that and you're triggered, it's affecting your family and your friends and your colleagues and your coworker. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stressors that are in our lives right now. And I think it's really interesting because a lot of us aren't aware of all of the stuff that's going on in our lives. Yeah, we're almost like on uh, an autopilot because mm-hmm. we don't know what it was like before that. There are people who in their 40s, 50s, 60s, this is how they live their life all since they were probably in their eight, nine, six years old. Mm-hmm. So they don't know what else to live, feel, and think like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you continue that vicious cycle, like maybe their parents might have put them through something yep. similar. And as a result, they have an unconscious tendency to kind of go back to that whenever there's conflict in the family. 
that vicious cycle continues. And if we yep. don't recognize that, then it's going to continue to perpetuate and we're going to continue to develop that hurt, yep. that misunderstanding. Well, and, that, that's what they say that if yeah. your parents drank, most likely you're going to drink mm -hmm. and then so on. And, you know, if you came from a violent family, then most likely you're more likely to do that. And it doesn't have to be. Like Anna said, it first takes the part of you being aware and then owning that mm -hmm. and then making a conscious change to say, just because my parents were alcoholic, just because I had to deal with isolation and abuse does not mean that I have to be affected by it going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like Anna was saying earlier as well, we really have to be aware of how we react to these events as Absolutely. they occur. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've got to own that story. And every story can be changed to be either you're the victim or you're the empowerer. Absolutely. Like we have a choice to react from that raw emotional state where we may not exactly be thinking clearly. We're just doing whatever it is that we can do to get out of that place of vulnerability, of insecurity. And it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of willpower to really switch our modes of thinking, switch from that more unconscious, raw, emotional state to really thinking about something and processing it and really thinking about what we're doing and how we, it can affect other people around us. It's really just, it can be sad to think about this in a lot of ways, but I really like how Anna mentioned that we also have a lot of the tools right in front of us to really face, face this head on. And there's actually a lot of really interesting research being done at, in positive psychology right now about how we can build that resilience to really face our own adverse childhood experiences and influence how we deal with other people in our lives. This is like a weight. Mm -hmm. You don't realize it. Imagine it someone that is obese or overweight. Mm -hmm. You can see that in the physical form. So it's easy to say, oh, well, a lot of your issues has to do with weight. But right. when it comes to the emotional and mental aspect of it, you, people don't see that weight. And you because you don't see it, a lot of people think, oh, well, then I don't have any problem. But mm -hmm. just like someone who's obese, who sheds all that weight, you'll hear them talk about this profound change that they can do all these things. And I can't believe that I had that weight on and I have so much more energy and I think so clearly. I have clients that I help who help them release all these negative emotion and these thoughts that they have developed in their mind. And as soon as they have released it, they explain it the same way as if they lost physical weight. Mm -hmm. Wow. Because when you carry that round day to day, week to week, year to year, decades to decades, you don't feel like it. You don't mm -hmm. feel like it's anything more. It's only when you release it is when you feel it, just like a smoker. Right. Someone that smoked for a long time, they don't know any better. And you, you'll talk to any smoker that quit. Mm -hmm. They'll tell you what a profound change their life is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we don't recognize a lot of what's going on until we finally take a step back and right. really take an entirely new look on what was going on beforehand. Yeah. So if you are having relationship problems, you're having work problem, you're having financial problem, consider that maybe it has to do with some of these negative adverse events that's happening in your life and that you're hanging on so much weight that you are not attracting the relationship you want, the money that you want, the health that you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it can be unfortunate because a lot of those factors can something that's happening in the situation and we just happen to be stuck in that unfortunately but I really do believe that if we do have the power to really take a look at how we have the power to change that how we can really take a look at that from a much more secure place 
and do what we help us and help other people in the end of the day. Absolutely. There are people that have gone through what you've gone through. You don't think so. There are. And they have become successful. I can think of Oprah, for Mm -hmm. one. She talks about her molestation. And she overcame that because she worked on herself. Mm -hmm. She recognized it. She owned it. And she changed it. And there are many other amazing, successful people that have been through isolation and alcoholism and drug abuse from their parents that speak about it and they've overcome it. So there's so much hope. There's so much resources. Do you have anything else to say, Brian? Yeah, I have one more thing to add. So when we really take a look at these adverse childhood experiences, it can be, Anna was saying, it can be frightening to really come to grips with that. But I just want to talk a little bit about what we can do just little steps that we can take just so that we're able to get ourselves in a better place just to really take a look at this and think about this uh, from a different point of view. Please. Yeah. The way that positive psychology kind of terms uh, the tools to build resilience right now, there's actually an acronym called PERMA. And what it stands for is positive emotion. So how can we take a look at what's going on in our lives and how can we emotionally process what's going on? Do we choose to view whatever's going on from a position of negativity or do we choose to take a look at the bigger picture? And there's actually a really wonderful talk called This is Water by um, the recently passed David Foster Wallace. But it's a wonderful talk that he has and I'll be sure to, to give a link that you guys can take a look in the show notes. But it kind of just talks about how we can really look at what's going on in our lives from a different point of view, from a point of view of more understanding. Like for example, if someone cuts you off when you're driving, an unconscious tendency that a lot of people have is just to get upset and just to say, well, why did you do that to me? Like, like you're, you're stupid. Why did you cut me off? But maybe if we take a step back, we can say, okay, well, maybe this person might've had a place to go. Maybe this person might've had something and they were running really late and they might've had to be somewhere that was much more important than what I was doing at that time. So it really just goes into that. The next thing is engagement. Um, really finding a way to engage yourself in things that you enjoy, finding a way to really be present in all the things that you're doing and really go make a full effort to do things to the best of your ability. Without the alcohol or any kind of substance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like just Anna finding, was saying, you know, it's like, I need a drink because I'm stressed. No. Yeah, just finding ways to engage yourself, right. finding ways to really just get out there and, and do things. And I know that's a, little, um, a lot easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just like even finding a hobby, finding something that remotely interests you, just really get out there and see see it for what it is. And it can really help us at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, at least the research has shown that. And the next one is relationships, really just taking the time to nurture our own relationships with other people, whether that's family, friends, other people. It could. It doesn't even have to be something that's super profound or deep. It can just be taking a note of the people in our environment and really make, making the effort to connect with them really making the effort to get to know people in our environment, really making the effort to be there for one another. And that's something that can really help because at the end of the day, it's kind of like a buffer, like our network of support is a buffer against things that we may do to hurt ourselves or to hurt other people. So I think that's really important. And the next one is meaning, being able to find meaning and like an internal purpose in what we do, whether that's work, whether that's hobbies, whether that's any of the things that um, was mentioned earlier. Just really finding a greater purpose in what you're doing, finding a way to make yourself think that you're contributing and having a positive impact. So this and I think is, this that's is really the part wonderful. about legacy, leaving a legacy for why you're here, a positive one mm-hmm. that people Absolutely. can talk about you. Mm-hmm. And the last one is accomplishments. And I know that this is something that not everybody wants to really just flaunt to other people. And I, I completely understand that. But just when I say accomplishments, I mean 
taking a look at what we've been able to accomplish in our life, even if it's something small, even if it's just like I was able to get out of bed today, I was able to eat breakfast, I was able to eat three meals a day, I was able to, I don't know, get as many steps as I wanted today, I was able to exercise, just really taking a look at that and saying, wow, I was able to get up and do all those things. And when we take a look at um, our accomplishments, even if they're really small, it can be really just a great thing that we can do. And there's actually a lot of talk being done just like about small things you can do to help take note of that. And one thing is just to, right before you go to bed at night, just take a notebook and write down three things that you're grateful for today, three things that made you happy, three things that you might have done that you were proud of. And when we just write them down, even though it may not seem like much, it can really just help as it's, we just get in the habit of doing that. We're more attuned to taking a, a more positive look at ourselves and really just allowing ourselves to think, wow, I was able to do all this, even if it was really small. Yeah. And that so can what, really just help Yeah, us. what you focus on expands. So if you're focusing on things that you're grateful for, mm -hmm. even if it's just being able to get out of bed mm -hmm. by yourself, there are many millions of people who can't even do that. Mm -hmm. When you focus on that instead of what you can't do, you're rewiring your brain, literally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just taking those small steps, and those small steps can really pay off later on. Absolutely. It's a big problem that we have yet to tackle, but I really think we have the ability to take a look at ourselves. It starts with the individual. Yep. And it, we do have the ability. People have done it in the past. People are doing it now. People continue to do it. So do you want to be part of that movement to change yourself, to create a legacy for your family? Or do you want to be left out? I know I don't want to be left out or be forgotten. I know that you recently interviewed Abigail Ward a little bit before this and her tools on what it's like to kind of be a more present parent. And I really love the suggestions that she has, just really taking a step back and really just taking the chance to listen, really taking the yes. chance to listen to one, ourselves, and two, to other people around us. Yeah. Communication People think it's about talking, but mm -hmm. really communication is about really intuitively listening, mm -hmm. not just listening so that you can respond. Mm -hmm. it's, it's about connection. It's about connection and listening in between the words, listening up at their, their tone, watching their body language, watching their facial expression, because their body is telling you something too. It's more important than you talking, mm -hmm. especially as a parent and as a leader. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people just, when we when we say we listen, I mean, it could just be we're just, I don't know, waiting for our chance to speak, yep. and we're just trying to find our own yep. way to throw in our two cents. No, right, it, right. It's really or just, change the other person's mind. Yeah, a lot of times that's the case. You know, someone's telling you that they don't like something you're doing, and then your whole talk there now becomes changing their mind that they're wrong about that yeah and defending yourself that's what a lot of communication ends up being is defending yourself but it's but you really need to step back and say what am i missing exactly and we i feel like a lot of us come from the point of view of critics and i feel yep. i mean that's understandable i'm sure everybody has an has at least done that once yep that's just us going on autopilot but right. really that's when you need to stop that back and say what's going on. Mm -hmm. And especially when it's coming from your children, because really they're not coming from a place that's hurtful. Mm -hmm. It might seem hurtful because you're triggered by your past, but that's not where they're coming from. They're coming mm -hmm. from a really loving place that they want you to change and they want to love you. Mm -hmm. And it's not personal, but so many parents take things that their children say and do personally because of their own rocks. Mm -hmm their own weight that they're carrying from their past of all these adverse uh, tragedy that they've experienced. Mm -hmm. 
So I think we are out of time. Listener, thank you, Brian, and thank you, Anna, out there. Listeners, keep on learning and keep on growing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. And while you're at our website, sign up to receive a free gift. Until next time, have a wonderful week.